More discussions of the question, are Mormon fundamentalists, fundamental Mormons? With Bishop Earl. Next, uh, polygamy, what love is this? This is part two, uh, talking about Brian Hale's writings about Mormon fundamentalists. He yep. has written many articles and books defending, supporting, and vindicating Joseph Smith and his polygamy and polyandry. And as stated last time, I don't know Mr. Hales personally. I have met him, and he was kind and cordial. And we aren't critiquing his article on fundamentalism, either in anger or hatefulness, toward him or any other person. Our purpose is always to just get to the truth yep. and share it with others. Right. Last time we began our discussion of an article he wrote entitled, Is Fundamentalism Fundamental? And the link is on the screen. Now, his conclusion is that Mormon fundamentalists are not really practicing fundamental Mormonism. We now conclude the fundamental Mormon doctrine of polygamy and then discuss other doctrines polygamists believe in practice and determine if those beliefs are fundamental Mormon teachings or not, as Brian Hills claims they're not. So first, let's review the definition of the word fundamental. Yes. <clears throat> Fundamental means, number one, forming a necessary base or core of, of central importance, or number two, a central or primary rule or principle on which something is based. And so fundamental Mormonism would be based on certain rules that came oh. from, from the From the very beginning, the beginning and always understood as traditional truth. Exactly. There. Yeah. Now, in his article, Brian Hales attempts to show that the doctrines of today's polygamists are not traditional doctrine or core principle of original Mormonism. Because this is so important, we need to review the Book of Mormon quote from Alma because we'll be applying that as we go through these yeah, discussions. Chap chapter 41, verse 8. Now, the decrees of God are unalterable. Therefore, the way is prepared that whosoever will may walk therein and be saved. So keep in mind that their own scriptures, Mormonism's own scripture, teaches God's decrees are not alterable. And as we go through this discussion, it'll become painfully obvious that the verse has been either ignored or forgotten. <laughs> the decrees of the Lord are not able to be changed. Does that mean that all the changes they've made up to date are all illegitimate changes? To finish the topic of the fundamental Mormon belief in polygamy, we quote Brian Hales as he concludes his polygamy discussion. Currently, and this would have been 1993, polygamy is neither commanded nor authorized. As we have shown, exaltation in the eternal worlds does not require participation with plural marriage during our mortal existence. This is the true and fundamental doctrine. Now, last time we had many, many quotes showing that it was required yes. by the early Mormon presidents and prophets. Right. We quoted several of the hundreds of statements from their prophet leaders that God gave revelation ordering them to practice plural marriage. That makes polygamy a fundamental doctrine. And that's why it has been so easy in the past for polygamists to recruit LDS members into fundamentalism. Yeah. They read from their own history that polygamy is a fundamental or core doctrine, that it was considered the new and everlasting <laughs> covenant. And with the Mormon scriptures saying that God's decrees are unalterable, what's an LDS member to do when faced with the option of damnation without polygamy or exaltation by living polygamy? 
Brian Hales goes on to discuss other fundamental beliefs uh, that polygamists claim the LDS Church has given up, making them, of course, apostates. They include the priesthood, the United Order, and other, other Orthodox Mormon ideas, and we are going to show that they are fundamental and that they, they claimed in the early days that they were commands from God. Yeah, that right. makes them fundamental. Yes. So we hope that this motivates the LDS and the polygamous viewers to do what God commanded all, us all to do, and that is to test everything and hold on to the good stuff. That means find and embrace the truth. Now, we want to tackle Mr. Hale's denial that the law of consecration that Mormon fundamentalists practice is a core or fundamental Mormon doctrine. So we begin with this quote. Yeah, notice the reference in here. <laughs> Fundamentalists claim that the Lord is requiring his saints to practice the law of consecration through the implementation of united orders today. The law of consecration was restored through Joseph Smith in 1831, that's in Doctrine and Covenants section 42, 30 through 42. Two attempts were subsequently made to live it, which were unsuccessful. Now, notice that Brian Hales discusses this topic. He claims that unsuccessful attempts <laughs> to live the United Order caused God just to give it up, withdraw his command for the Mormons to do it. In other words, the disobedience, the weakness, the failure of humans caused God to alter his decrees for them to live the United Order. A little more. Is it any wonder yeah. that today's polygamists are called fundamentalists? Yeah, that's right. In 1840, the Lord then instructed Joseph regarding his will concerning the law of consecration. The law of consecration could not be kept here and that it was the will of the Lord that we should desist from trying to keep it. And if persisted in, it would produce a perfect defeat of its object, object and that he assumed the whole responsibility of not keeping it until proposed by himself. Again, there's a lot of spinning going on yes. here of why they wouldn't want to obey God's command. And this is very odd. Who is their God that he should change his requirements just because the people didn't like him? That's not the character of the God of the Bible. Remember Alma. God's decrees are not alterable. Right. And then Brian Hales refers to the next prophet after Joseph Smith, Brigham Young, and explains that in 1874, God told him to start up the United Order. Oh, boy. <laughs> Thus saith the Lord unto my servant Brigham, Call ye, call ye upon the inhabitants of Zion to organize themselves in the order of Enoch, in the new and everlasting covenant, according to the order of heaven, for the furtherance of my kingdom upon the earth, for the perfecting of the saints, for the salvation of the living and the dead. Organizing the Latter-day Saints in the order of Enoch included the establishment of united orders. Nevertheless, these attempts to organize the entire church into united orders were ultimately unsuccessful. Now, it mentions the new and everlasting covenant here yes, that he's referring does. to, which is polygamy and the order of Enoch, which is the united order. These were just all code words they used to refer to the same thing. Now, both of these are fundamental <laughs> early yeah. LDS beliefs that they consider no longer binding on them. And neither of these, by the way, are biblical precepts. There was never an order of Enoch in Scripture. That's a Mormon myth. There was no city of Enoch that was taken from the earth because they were so righteous. Did you learn that growing oh, up in Mormonism? Of course. Of course. Yeah, yeah, so did we, big time. That was crazy. You mean neither, it's not coming back? <laughs> <laughs> it's not coming back either. Oh, darn it. Neither polygamy or the law of consecration, of course, was ever commanded by God. 
Now, the United Order, or as he refers to it, the Law of Consecration, or the Order of Enix, all the same thing, yeah. is technically the practice of religious communism. Yeah. Everything you own and everything you will ever earn or own is to be given over to the church governing authority, and then they will distribute from the central storehouse to each family or member according to their needs, and everyone will then be on the same equal economic status. The poor will have enough and the rich will not have more than enough. And of course it failed. Of course it did. It failed under both Joseph Smith and Brigham Young. All communism fails, will fail, or has failed. They, there are lazy people and they're productive people. Why should the lazy people live off the sweat and hard work of the productive people? Why should the leaders live in luxury and the members live in poverty? Because that's exactly what happens. Why would God command a united order after he's commanded the opposite. Yeah, we find this in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 12, 10 through 12. For even when we were with you, we gave you this rule. If a man will not work, he shall not eat. We hear that some among you are idle. They are not busy, they are busy bodies. Such people we command and urge in the Lord Jesus Christ to settle down and earn the bread they eat. Every society has a share of people who would rather not work and live off someone else. We should help the poor when we can, but not the lazy. God never commanded the productive to give to the poor to the extent that all things will be equal. God never commanded Mormonism's law of consecration, order of Enoch, or united order. These are all myths created by Mormonism, but were foundational and doctrinal at the beginning. Their second try of establishing United Orders also failed. So in 1881, John Taylor ended it. We quote, They were officially brought to an end in 1881 by President Taylor when he said in part, Our relations with the world and our own imperfections prevent establishment of this system at the present time. And therefore, as Joseph stated in an early day, it cannot yet be carried out. The Lord, through his prophets, has commanded the practice of the law of consecration in the past. In 1831, he commanded Joseph to teach its necessity, and then, in 1840, counseled that the lesser law of tithing was all that was then required. So there we go with some changes. What does the Book of Mormon say in Alma 41, 8? It's something about not being alterable. <laughs> not being alterable. Yeah. Yet Brian Hales has very clearly shown that the Mormonism, that in Mormonism, God's decrees are often alterable and altered. But Mr. Hales wrote that since John Taylor's decree in 1881, the lesser law of tithing has taken its place. <laughs> He says no true prophet of the LDS Church has given instructions to renew the law of consecration. Of course, that's referring to the prophets of the fundamentalists right. who do claim right. that we're supposed to live it. But where do they have the authority to change what they believe that God has decreed? The Bible doesn't give that authority. And in fact, the New Testament never ever mentions or requires tithing. No. Now, the definition of tithing is 10%. The New Testament teaches us to give out of what we have, not out of what we don't have, and to give it cheerfully. Yeah. We're not forced to. And, and based on an amount that is predetermined by the giver. The church doesn't get to decide how much you give. Neither the LDS nor the polygamists have obeyed God in that respect. 
nothing about this whole doctrine is biblically based, but it is definitely a fundamental teaching of the original Mormon church, which the Mormon fundamentalists follow. What I find interesting about this is that Brian Hales is trying to to uh, discredit all the fundamentalists, and yes. he's, he's doing that through this, but he's discrediting himself, it seems to me yeah, like. That's what I would think. How... Especially when, when we know, or almost any thinking person knows the truth or knows anything about fundamentalists, yeah. the polygamists, that they do carry on these previous doctrines, exactly these traditional what the doctrines. Mormons did. And just because the Mormons dis discarded it doesn't mean it wasn't fundamental right. in the beginning. Right, and there's so, certainly so many quotes supporting the truth of that. Right, and, right. I mean, why can't he just say the old prophets and... Guys uh, said what they did and then say, yeah, we've changed it and now we, we're not following it. But, right, right. But then again, he, you say Alma 41, it shouldn't have changed. It, it shouldn't have changed. <laughs> right. and, and he cherry picks his quotes so that it makes it look like yeah. that all is okay. But you can't change something if God says you can't change it. That's right. And that's exactly what they've done. It's, it's very confusing. Uh, for the seeker, it would be confusing unless they really had willingness to open their eyes That's to the truth right. of all this. Now, the LDS, of course, have altered it, and none of Mormonism's financial doctrines, <laughs> by the way, are biblical. But the point is, despite Brian Hale's claims, it was a fundamental Mormon teaching, making polygamous Mormon fundamentalists and the LDS Church apostates. Yep. He continues... He says this, as self-appointed efforts to practice any eternal law, including the law of consecration, see Doctrine and Covenants 51.2, or plural marriage will not be recognized by the Lord, nor can they be, Doctrine and Covenants 132.18. The true fundamental doctrine requires the saints to follow the Lord's prophet regarding the practice of the law of consecration, as was done in Nauvoo with Joseph Smith. It is also fundamental that we possess the proper authority to implement it. Now, however much authority the LDS Church or the Mormon fundamentalists claim to have, they certainly have none. <laughs> uh, actually, and, and, and he said the law of consecration and plural marriage are, or, are not and cannot be recognized by the Lord. And that's the most accurate statement he made in this entire article. <laughs> Only what God has given us in his Bible is recognized by him. Jesus Christ is called the Word of God. Where did he command polygamy? Yeah. Where did he command the United Order? He didn't. The next fundamental doctrine that Brian Hales tackles, and many polygamous groups believe, is, but is now rejected by the LDS Church, is that Adam is our God. Polygamous groups believe that? Some of them do. I was not taught that, but some polygamy groups some do. do. Wow. Absolutely hold on to that. Brigham Young taught it. He called it a revelation from the Lord, and that's pretty fundamental. Very fundamental. <laughs> Hales begins with this statement. One of the most popular fundamentalist doctrines involves the notion that Adam is God, the father of our spirits, etc., it is alleged that he was and is superior to Jesus Christ. These ideas contradict the teachings about Adam given in the standard works and by modern prophets such as Joseph Smith, Brigham Young, and John Taylor. 
Now, I think it varies between different polygamy groups if Adam is superior to Jesus. I was never taught that, but then maybe I didn't get the meat of the word and wasn't very good loon, graduated to that point. I don't know, but we weren't taught that. But if Adam is God and Jesus is God's son by spirit childbirth, yeah. then logically Adam would have to be greater than Jesus. Yeah. Mormonism's entire belief system about Adam, Elohim, Jesus being our elder brother, Michael the archangel, priesthood, are all corruptions of biblical revelation. We quote. Respecting authority, Joseph Smith noted that Christ is the great high priest, Adam next. That was from the teachings of the prophet Joseph Smith, page 158. Some have su suggested that the prophet was stating that Adam was next because he was superior to Jesus, making our Savior second to Adam in the priesthood. However, this is not so. Joseph Smith also identified who was second to Adam. The priesthood was first given to Adam. He obtained the first presidency and held the keys of it. He had dominion given him over every living creature. He is Michael, the archangel, spoken of in the scriptures. Then to Noah, who is Gabriel, he stands next in authority to Adam in the priesthood. Again, from the words of Joseph Smith, page 8, and the teachings of the prophet Joseph Smith, page 157. These statements plainly show that Christ is the great high priest, and that Adam is next, and that Noah stands next in authority to Adam in the priesthood. It appears that Joseph Smith could not have been any clearer in this teaching. Wow. <laughs> so, so according oh, to what Brian Hales is telling us, Adam is Michael the archangel. Yeah. Noah is Gabriel, who is next in authority to Adam, Michael. Right. And this is all total nonsense. <laughs> there is no basis or revelation about this to support this heretical teaching except in the person's own mind. And what did Brigham Young, a Mormon prophet, a fundamental Mormon prophet, what did he say about Adam being our God? Where did the fundamentalists get the idea that yeah. Adam was the God of this earth? Well, we're glad you asked. Yes, Brigham Young, Deseret News, June of 1873. How much unbelief exists in the minds of the Latter-day Saints in regard to one particular doctrine which is revealed to them and which God revealed to me? Namely, that Adam is our father and God. God revealed it Yes. to Brigham Young. Brigham Young said so. Brigham Young also said that this is a particular doctrine. It's also a fundamental doctrine of the Mormon church, and God's decrees are unalterable. Either he is or he isn't, or he was, he wasn't. Just to be sure, we have another quote from Brigham Young to show that he taught it is fundamental. Yeah, because some people say, well, that, that one was taken out of context, and that's really not. But when they have a second and third and many oh, other yeah, quotes, yeah. and it gets to be, uh, okay, well, I think this is what he meant. But when he says, God revealed it to me. I know. That doesn't get any better than that. Than that. Yeah. But I'm just saying the, the person that heard it that mm -hmm. maybe got it wrong or yeah. something. But yeah. you get these many quotes, and this is from the Journal of Discourses, and that's why the church doesn't follow those anymore. <laughs> now hear it, O inhabitants of the earth, Jew and Gentile, saint and sinner. When our father Adam came into the Garden of Eden, he came into it with a celestial body and brought Eve, one of his wives, with him. He helped to make and organize this world. He is Michael, the archangel, the ancient of days, 
about whom holy men have written and spoken. He is our Father and our God, and the only God with whom we have to do. Again, it's hard to make anything else out, <laughs> out of, of that, that other than what he said. Brigham Young here claims that Adam is our father. Eve was one of his wives, making him a polygamist. Adam helped organize the world. He said Adam is the Ancient of Days, which, by the way, is a designation of God only. Adam is the only God with whom we have to do. This is not theory, but is a teaching that Brigham Young dogmatically preached to the early Mormons. Was Brigham Young a false prophet? Did he lead the people astray? It's a fundamental teaching. So why would fundamentalists not adopt the fundamental doctrine along with all the others? Now, current LDS defenders can spin these comments dizzy until Jesus comes back, but they cannot change the fact that it was a doctrine taught to the early Mormons. No and God's decrees are unalterable according to Mormon's own scriptures. We have one more zinger to quote, and it's by Wilford Woodruff. Strangely, I don't even think the fundamentalists believe all that he said in this one. <laughs> this is fascinating. <laughs> um, this is from the diary of Wilford Woodruff. Some have said that I was very presumptuous to say that Brother Brigham was my God and Savior. Brother Joseph was his God. The one that gave Joseph the keys of the kingdom was his God, which was Peter. Jesus Christ was his God, and the God and Father of Jesus Christ was Adam. So that makes Adam greater than Jesus uh, right there, uh, right? Yep, totem pole there. <laughs> yeah, and, and this is a perfect example of the false gods of Mormonism. Yeah. And yet they taught that their people will never lead... The people, the prophets will never lead the people astray, and these are fundamental. These are these. Were you taught any of this stuff that Wilford Wood just just said that we just read in Mormonism? Mm, were you taught no, that, that no. Joseph was was Brigham's God and Joseph was no. Peter was was no. his God and no. so on? No. no. Never used the word God. I certainly believe that Jesus picked Peter, and so that right, line but being and Peter. Peter presumably gave the keys of the priesthood to Joseph Smith right. at some point. But so that's different than there being was a some God. hierarchy, but not. And I guess you, how you define the word God, but it's, it seems very clear here because he's saying that uh, God, uh, the Father of Jesus Christ, was Adam mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> and Father. And yet their prophet cannot lead the people astray. Yeah. Well, they can, and they did. Yeah. And the last fundamental teaching we want to discuss is Brian Hale's refusal to accept that Mormon fundamentalists have the authority to hold Mormon priesthood. In our previous topic of Adam being God, it was noted that Adam had the priesthood, as did Noah, and so on. But there is no priesthood mentioned in the Bible that relates to either Adam or Noah. The first priest mentioned in the Bible is Melchizedek, and he was not in a priesthood or part of one. He was merely a priest. In the book of Genesis, where things are mentioned first and where Adam and Noah's story is told, the word priesthood is not used in the entire book. The word priest is used only four times in Genesis, once to introduce Melchizedek, who is priest of God Most High. The other three times are all referring to Egyptian pagan priests. Wow. No priesthood ever existed that resembles Joseph Smith's so-called restored priesthood or today's LDS or polygamy group priesthood or, or, or anything in the Bible represents the priesthood of Mormonism. But priesthood was a form, fundamental teaching of the early Mormon church, and Mormon prophets said that if the LDS gave up polygamy, which they did, yes. they would be giving up priesthood authority as well. The Mormon 
prophets said that. But Mr. Hales doesn't quote them. He cherry picks what he wants you to know. From Wilford Woodruff again, Journal of Discourses, if we were to do away with polygamy, it would only be one feather in the bird, one ordinance in the church and kingdom. Do away with that, then we must do away with prophets and apostles, with revelation and the gifts and graces of the gospel, and finally, give up our religion altogether. Now, Wilford Woodruff, prophet, said this, yeah. and the LDS, strangely enough, renounced polygamy under Wilford Woodruff's watch, yes. even though they didn't really renounce it until 1904. Right. And the fundamentalists have not given up polygamy because they are fundamentalists. <laughs> so the priesthood and polygamy are both fundamental to Mormonism. Now, we need a disclaimer here. None of what we discussed is fundamental to the Bible or to Christianity. These doctrines were never taught by Old Testament prophets, by Jesus Christ, or by New Testament writers. They are all unique to Mormonism or Mormon fundamentalists, and they are myths. Mm. And the LDS Church does follow altered doctrine. Many alterations have been made, many of them quite recently. Yet their own book says God's decrees are unalterable. Their current president has actually redefined the changes by calling them adjustments. <laughs> but we ask, are God's decrees subject to adjustments? You wouldn't think so. <laughs> but they can adjust the word altered now. <laughs> yeah, they can. And it's so fascinating that, uh, that we would have, that he's defending, I don't even know why he bothers Brian Hales defending this... Uh, some of the, I mean, he's going against these ideas that these things were fundamental to the original the church from 1830 on. I mean, these were in there. I think he's just trying to discredit the Mormon polygamists, and this is the degree he's gone to to do it. That they have no authority. Yeah, but it just seems, it's so odd that he would, in doing this, though, he, I mean, he's, it just doesn't make any sense to me because these things were there mm -hmm. and then to deny that they ever existed or that they've misinterpreted or something Or that else. the changes yeah, were that valid. The changes, yeah. Uh, yeah. I know. I, know. I, know. I shake my head it, too. It is crazy. It is. It doesn't make any fuzzy. sense at all. <laughs> anyway, there's, there's a lot, always a lot, you know, yeah. and, and we don't have time to go through every single word when we do these things. So read the article yourself and, and read it with a critical eye so that you can pick up on some of these uh, contradictions as well. Thanks, Earl. Well, did I he believe your... that Joseph Smith had wives? Yes, or... he knows he did. He, he and, knows. And, and he women kn that were already married. Uh -huh, and he knows all that. He, he, he always... Um, Admits uh, to that stuff. Huh? Oh, he admits to it, and he always um, backs him up and say, "We don't know why God told him to do that, but," and on he goes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Many people who leave the LDS Church or a polygamy group may experience a severe distrust of any teaching or belief in God. All they know about Him is what their religion taught them. But when they leave Mormonism, it is generally because they discovered they were lied to by their religion. So logically, if they lie to you about other things, they have also lied to you about God. 
The next step, logically, is to find out what the truth about God is rather than reject Him completely based on their lies. It took me 25 years to do that, and when I finally found out the truth about God, I grieved that it took me so long. We pray that you will investigate the truth about God rather than rejecting Him because of what you've been told about Him. The bottom line is in 1 John chapter 4, verse 16, God is love. Thank you for watching Polygamy. What love is this? This has been the audio podcast of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. Polygamy, What Love Is This? is produced by A Shield and Refuge Ministry. More information on this program, including the video version of it, can be found at whatloveisthis.tv. If you have any questions or need help getting free from Mormon fundamentalism, write us at contact at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 1-800-877-425-9993.